Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Welcome aboard to our Monday edition of Mega Man Radio. My name is Shannon Davis and welcome to our show. Today is Monday, July 24th. Did I say 24th? Is that right? Wow! Where's the month going? It's going to be winter time before we know it. July 24th, 2023. Dang, we're on a time warp here. Okay, let's uh, get our show started. We've got three great shows for you tonight. Let's get the Coens on. Kick it off. Here we go. Good morning. morning. How are y'all doing over there this morning? Okay, boy. Feels like I just talked to you. Yes, sir. And, you know, I was just looking at today's date. Is it already July 24th? Next week is uh, August. Holy cow. What a a time warp. I really feel like uh, things have sped up this week. Amazing. Well, it'll be Christmas before we know it. <laughs> yes, it will be. And what's after that? Uh, 2025. 24. 20, wait a minute. Now, don't do that to no, me. No, 24. Okay. That's right. 24. <laughs> Thank God I I'm didn't really lose bad. a year, too. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but 2024, it is heating up. Folks, welcome aboard. It's literally heating up in parts of the world right now. Record heat waves uh, in parts of the country, yes. they say. So uh, stay cool out there. Um, we are excited to be here with uh, the Cohens, Dr. Ron and Miriam Cohen of roncohen.org. Welcome again today, Monday. July 24, 2023, for the archives. Would you like to open us up in prayer today? I will. Let me mention one thing on the, on the thing of global warming and heat waves and such. Um, dead, um, well, not the Dead Sea, um, 
Oh, the de- the desert, the, the desert <laughs> that um, was a uh, hundred and thirty four degrees this week, and that and and the heat wave that's going through Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, but they pulled it up and they went back a hundred and twenty years, and it was hotter a hundred and twenty years ago in all of those cities, all those states. So they're saying, is this global warming or is this something cyclical that's happening? Absolutely. And, of course, I don't buy into that whole global warming thing. Uh, That's just uh, a bunch of malarkey, as my grandmother would say. Um, We're probably global cooling. But one thing I know for sure, hell is hot tonight, and I don't want to go there. Amen? Uh, Amen. (laughs) Amen. I'm glad we're given a choice. Amen. Well, very good. We are going to talk this morning about the love of God and how it affects us and how we walk more and more in it or see ourselves in it. So, Lord, I do thank you for this time this morning, this afternoon in many places, this evening for Shannon. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your love that pervades every cell in humanity and in this world. Lord, in every animal, every fish, every plant, Lord, your love pervades in all of it. You love your creation, and this is your creation. And we need to think of creation as more than just the planet Earth or just humans. It's uh, all of God's creation. So I thank you for your presence with us this morning, Father, as we talk more about you and of you and your love towards us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Miriam and I just came back uh, late late last night from a a four-day conference in uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina. And it was on living out of the heavenlies and other realms and experiences that many are having now of, uh, well, you might say call it aliens or UFOs, but experiences that they're having outside of our normal understanding or our normal universe and understanding and experiences in the word of God. And I know you've been hearing things of that, Shannon, also. I'm going to open up with uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, King James, New King James, and then we're going to look at it, uh, take the Greek about a part in it a bit. So again, these are very familiar verses to most of you that have been walking in the Lord any length of time. Last week we were talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, verse 13, 12, 13, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and having been made to drink into one Spirit. And if you studied any church history, you would know there have always been times when it's been lifted, brought forth that, well, there's a Messianic Jewish body and there's a Gentile body. Or the Jews have their own salvation different than Gentiles. And then in the South here, over several hundred years ago, when it talks about slave or free, that there are different bodies for the slaves and then for those who are free. But we've all been made to drink of one spirit, and we've all been baptized into one body. In verse 27, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually and particularly. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. And that, are all apostles? Well, we say no. Are all prophets? No. 
Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? Now, that's not laying on a hands for every believer. Every believer can pray for healing for everybody, for anyone. But there are some that have special gifts or anointings of healings. Do all speak with tongues? Now, that's not your prayer language of tongues. That is your prophetic utterance in tongues. And do all interpret that? No. But some do have the gift of interpretation of prophetic tongues. But desire seriously, earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I will show you even a more excellent way. So we need to lay hold of this revelation that Paul is giving to us a more excellent way. And it goes from there into 1 Corinthians 13. Exercise these gifts with love. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods on the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So self-sacrifice is not going to get you anywhere without love in your heart. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself and it's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And I'll back up in that one verse, believes all things, hopes. We need to see that love believes the best in people and working out in their lives. And I've seen people now in my age, you know, the past 45 years in their walk in the Lord, people change over time. And what we might have had a problem with 20 years with someone They've now worked it out in their life. So we need to actually keep on believing the best in everyone and that God is working his purposes in everyone's life. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there are knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect or complete has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, grew up, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part but then I shall know just as I am known. And now faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest is love. Well, that's the translation that most are familiar with, but let's look into the Greek and see if Paul was saying anything a little bit different, a little bit stronger in the midst of that for us. So we've entitled this, Love is Who You Are. Love is who you are. And uh, yes, Miriam, love is who you are. (laughs) And you too, my dear. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. And I'm going to read this from the mirror translation, meaning it's reflecting, or this chapter is a mirror of who you really are. 
Speaking in tongues is not the point. Now, it's not saying it's not done away with. It's not the, the point. Love is the point. It's neither angelic eloquence nor the mastery of human language that persuades. It doesn't matter how poetic, prophetic, or profound I may sound, my conversation is reduced to a hollow noise of clanging cymbals in love's echo if love's echo is absent. Now, the Greek word then for the love of God is agape, from the word ago, meaning like leading like a shepherd guides his sheep, and peo, meaning to rest. He leads me beside still waters. The, by the waters of reflection, my soul remembers who I am. Wow. God's rest is established upon his image and likeness redeemed in us. Thus, to encounter agape, agape, is to remember who I am. Jesus, the Savior of mankind, rescued God's image and likeness in human form. The grace of God shines as bright as day, making the salvation of mankind undeniably visible. Verse 2, I could predict the future in detail and have a word of knowledge for everyone. I could possess amazing faith, says Paul, and prove it by moving mountains. It doesn't make me any more important than anyone else. Love is who you are. You are not defined by your gifts or deeds, or talents. Oh, that is such a bold statement, Shannon, because how many do we know are defined by what they do? By their gifts, their deeds, their talents? How many in the body of Christ define themselves? Well, I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. I'm an evangelist. Boy, I hear that all over the place. And people are defining themselves by what they do or their calling. But God does not define you by your calling, your purposes, your gifts, or your deeds. And your what you do, your talents, does not make you any more important than anyone else. I remember years ago, probably going back 30 years, maybe even 40 years ago, and in Tulsa and other places, there was such a competition to get up the ladder of calling that one would finally make it to be an apostle. You know, you start off as a teacher, you start off as, uh, as an evangelist, you know, a uh, child, uh, youth ministry. And eventually you'll make it to an apostle. God never sees it that way, never has seen it that way. There's not competition of callings and gifts and talents in the body of Christ. And every gift that God gives you, every talent, every calling you have is for the purpose of building up the body of Christ not building you up in any way. And God does not see you any more important than anyone else. Love is who you are. And Shannon, for all your years walking in the Lord, I'm sure you've seen that, how many people, <laughs> their identity is in their calling, their title, and their gifting, you know, this is who I am. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I'm a teacher. I'm a minister. I'm working here. I'm doing this. I'm a politician. You know, your, your identity is in what you do. But God 
does not identify you at all in what you do. Love is who you are. Amen. Love gives context to faith. Moving mountains is not the point. Yes, we can move mountains. Yes, we can move in great faith. Yes, we can raise the dead. But that's not the point. Love is the point. Do you have love? Are you? What do you always say, Miriam? That have you learned to love yet? Have you learned to love yet, boy? And how many years does that take, <laughs> boy? We've seen people that are forty-five, fifty years in the Lord. They got saved back in the sixties, and uh, you say the same question: <laughs> Have you learned to love yet? Or are you still critical of everything out there? Verse three. Love is not about defending a point of view. Even if I am prepared to give away everything and have and die a martyr's death, love does not have to prove itself by acts of supreme devotion or self-sacrifice. Love does not have to prove itself by acts of devotion or self-sacrifice. And I remember, well, not even that long ago, with uh, especially the, uh, the 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 holiness movement and the Catholics' self-flagellation, and uh, how many just even a hundred years ago in France and other countries in Latin America, they would literally whip themselves to bleeding to show their love or to sacrifice and show self-sacrifice. And none of that is from God. I remember in Quebec, in Quebec City, I was there quite a bit years ago, and actually this was in Montreal. There's a church in Montreal. The church is very well known. They've had healings and miracles there many years ago. It's a Catholic church. Um, but it's it's set on, on a cliff high up, and there are about 300 steps to go up to this church. And every morning, the faithful, quote unquote, would go up those steps on hands and knees till their knees were bleeding by the time they made it to the top. And they did that to show their sacrifice and devotion to Jesus. I don't know if that makes any bit of a dent in God's love for you, your acceptance in God, who you are in God. It doesn't. The only thing that you have is the love of God in you. Verse 4, 13-4. Love is large in being passionate about life and relentlessly patient and bearing the offenses and injuries of others with kindness. Love is completely content and strives for nothing. Love has no desire to make others feel inferior and has no need to sing its own praises. Again, boy, that is so important. Love has no desire to put others down in order to somehow raise yourself up. Love is predictable and does not behave out of character. Love is not ambitious. Love is not spiteful and gets no mileage out of another's mistakes. It bears no record of wrongs. And the word there, uh, paroxono, actually translates as spiteful. It has no sharp edges. And I like that there. Love is predictable, does not behave out of character. Love is not ambitious. And boy, again, I remember back in the early 80s and, and um, coming out of Bible school, there were many of us that were starting churches. And, you know, we would meet a year later for a conference and the first question always was, well, how many do you have? How many are in your church? How big is you have? Are you full time yet? And all of it was ambition, selfish 
ambition for what? In God. And there's a scripture that very poignantly says, the Lord said, do not compare yourself amongst yourself. Why do you think he said that? Amen. You know, Shannon, someone may, God may send someone to a very deep place in Indonesia, up in the mountains, to one of the tribes, and to have a church there. And God's called them to shepherd and raise up 40 people. And thereafter, several years, they have their 40. And then another one is called to start a work in Jakarta. And after a year, he has a 1,000 people. But God has called him to really build a church of 5,000. Who then has most been doing the will of God? The one with a 1,000 or the one with 40? Again, God doesn't look at numbers. He's not looking at talents. He's not looking at giftings. He's looking at your life and your love. 13.6 Love sees no joy in injustice. Love delight is in everything that truth celebrates. Love sees no joy in injustice. Love's delight is in everything that truth celebrates. Love is a fortress when everyone feels protected rather than exposed. I remember I was in a church back in the 80s, and the first thing that people would say there is, be careful what you say out loud. It'll probably be in next Sunday's bulletin. And basically what they're saying is, we don't feel protected here. We feel like whatever we do, whatever, if I go for counseling and I tell people about things that happened to me in the past, I feel like I'll be exposed. It'll be shamed, put out in the open. Well, that's not pastoral love. The love of God is a fortress where everyone feels protected rather than exposed. Love's persuasion is persistent. Love believes. Love never loses hope and always remains constant in contradiction. Love never loses hope and always remains constant in contradiction. Love never loses its altitude. Wow. Love is high up. Love is above. Love never loses its altitude. The word epipio there, epipto, means to lose height or to stop soaring. Love never stops soaring higher and higher. That's like that song we've been listening to this week. You know, when you shine, I shine. When you soar, I soar. Mm, yes. And if you feel like you've lost your altitude in God, that you're no longer spreading your wings and soaring, ask God to give you a greater revelation of his love that you already have in you. And I'm just quickened at the moment with Romans 5, verse 5, that the love of God has been put within you like a waterfall. The love of God cascades over you like a, a waterfall. Mm. It's Romans 5, 5. The love of God cascades, flows over you like a waterfall. Can you feel that now that you're listening to this? Can you see a waterfall of the love of God? And can you get underneath it? Can you allow it to flow over you, which it does? It's constantly flowing over you. Constantly having and walking in the love of God. Wow. Prophecies will cease. Just like when a placenta is discarded after a baby is born. Tongues will pause in order that that which is spoken in shadow language 
could be fully interpreted. It doesn't mean there that the gifts of the Spirit will cease. They'll pause so that love can now fill you up. The quest for knowledge will be inappropriate when perfection is grasped. What we perceived in prophetic glimpses is now concluded in completeness. What's Paul saying there? What we've seen prophetically prophesied about God, his purposes, his life, his country, nation. These are just prophetic glimpses. But in the love of God, it will be completed. When I was an infant, I spoke infant gibberish with the mind of an infant. My reasoning also was typical of an infant. How it all changed when I became a grown-up. See, God is calling all of us into sonship. You're all children of God. I think that's John 1.12. You know, we are all, God gives us the right to become children of God. We're all children of God. We've all been in his mind from the foundations of the world. Every one of you have a blueprint for your life a scroll, a destiny for your life that we're working out. But children must grow up. And now God is calling forth his sons. His sons. That's not a title. That's who you are. You are a son. You are a son. And God is calling you to walk in your sonship. To walk in whom you are. You're now a grown-up. I'm an infant no more. And the actual word there in Greek is nepios, and it means without any command of speech. So now that you are growing up, you have full command of your tongue. Verse 12, 13, 12. So there was a time of suspense when everything we saw was merely merely mirrored in the prophetic word, like an enigma. But then when I became an adult in the revelation of Christ, I gave face to face, I gaze face to face (coughs) that I may know me even as I have already been known. I gaze face to face, panim and panim, I gave face to face into the Lord, that I may know, not know him, but that I may know me, even as I have always been known. What's Paul saying? The word arti comes from iro, meaning to keep in suspense. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, Jeremiah 1.5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. God knew us. Do you know yourself as God knows you? Do you know yourself as God knows you? That's what it's saying here. It says in the word that he knows the very motives and intent of our hearts. Amen. That's a God quality. See, and God loves you. We've read that over and over now. He's loved you from the foundations of the world. Do you see that? Do you know yourself as being loved? Verse 13, 13. Now persuasion and every pleasurable expectation is completed in agape. Here, 
in agape, agape, my soul remembers who I am, Psalm 23. My soul remembers who I am. Faith, hope, and love are in seamless union. Agape is the superlative of everything faith and hope knew to be true about me. Agape, love of God, is the superlative, the highest of everything faith and hope always knew to be true about me. Love defines my eternal moment. Love defines my eternal moment. Where the word here, nun, N-U-N, means now, at this very moment, R-T means up until now, or a time of suspense. And elpis, boy, I've used that word a lot in the past years. Elpis means hope, pleasant expectation. And meno means to come to the present to continue in a seamless union with God. Mm, 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 mm. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I have loved you from the beginnings and the foundations of the world. Do you see yourself as being loved of God? You know, I was talking to two people that have been in the Lord for many years and uh, Bible school grads, and, you know, both of them were separately now, but we're reading and talking about how broken they are and how broken humanity is and, and how broken now they've been saved for 45 years and they still see themselves as broken. <laughs> What, what did Jesus do for them? Did Jesus try to heal the brokenhearted? Did he fail at it? Could we be walking 40 years in the Lord and still see ourselves as broken individuals? Are we still into a a work? Are we still into a what would be the word <laughs> of digging through our past before the cross and digging through to find all of our brokenness? I say no. God has healed you. He died to make you whole. Yes, you were once broken and without God and lost in this world. But now you have come to him and the blood of Jesus has covered you, saved you. You're a new creation in Christ, a new creation in Christ. I'm a new creation. Old things have already passed away. Well, Shannon, is that true or is it not true? Do we believe it or do we not? Are we still into examining our past, our unredeemed past, to say how broken we all are? Or can we say by faith, the blood of Jesus has healed and has transformed me? And I look face to face into God today. Panimi panim. It's not even face to face. It's lips to lips. I look mm. face to face into God today. And I receive his love. For he loved me from the foundations of the world. Before he ever created this planet Earth, before he ever put plants and animals and separated, you know, the skies and the stars. Before he ever made man, I was in him and he loved me. 
and he always has loved me. Even when I did not know him and was far from him, unsaved, even when I was on the wrong team, God's love is always there for his humanity, for his creation. So can you see that today? Can you see yourself loved and full of the love of God? Or do you still see yourself as unloved and broken and needing repair? So needing to have and receive the love of God which you haven't been able to receive. Lord, I pray for all those today that are listening. Lord, I thank you that love is who we are because we are in him and we are spirit. We are soul. We have a body. We live in this body. But we are love and we are able to reflect the love of God in our hearts and in our lives. Love is who you are and the love of God cascades over you like a waterfall. The love of God cascades over you like a waterfall. Let me see what it says here. Romans 5, 5. Mm, the outpouring. Let me pull it up in my other Bible here. Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And not just poured over you, but poured into you and poured out of your heart. Poured out of our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You know, it talks about in John about springs of living water coming out from you. Do you have the love of God flowing out of you because it's already in you and on you? And can you see yourself today as God sees you? He sees you as righteousness, wearing robes of righteousness because you have the blood of Jesus and have received his son. God does not see you as a broken mess somehow waiting and trying to get healed. Now we know we all go through things and we've all been through things in our past and we're all healing of things. But we still can walk and receive and understand God's love. God loves me. God has healed me and is healing me. And God is perfecting me. God is bringing his son more and more clearly out in me, in my life, and in all of you. And so I dare to challenge all of you now listening to see love is who you are. This is who God has made you are. This is your identity. Your identity is not in your looks. Boy, and that's one of the downsides of social media is so many people's identity is in their looks, what they're doing, their abilities. And if you don't meet up to that standard, you feel far, far away. No, love is who you are. That's your identity. Lord, we just tear down the strongholds. Lord, where so much of life and advertising and the world and schooling, Lord, has forced people to, to identify themselves with a world of success and looks and strength 
and talents and think that that's who they are. But that's not who you are. You are a new creation in Christ. And you are individually made and endowed with God's purposes in your life. So follow your heart. Follow what God has put inside of you. Identify with him. Identify with his love and his purposes. For that is who you really are in Christ. Lord, I speak healing today. Lord, in these years of ministry and counseling that Miriam and I have had for over 45 years now. Yes. <laughs> Lord, Thank we've seen God. so many that have been so confused and so hurt by the body of Christ and trying to meet a standard that God never called you to meet. Try to be someone that God never called you to be. Trying to fulfill some purpose or job, career in God that God never called you to do. Just rest in him. He loves you as much as he loves the highest apostle which Paul actually said was the lowest, was the dung. I won't use another word for it, but you know what dung is. And that Paul said, we, we've got such a, a mixed up understanding. And that could be Western, that could be American and that. And also, though I see it in Africa, many places in Africa where they exalt leadership, exalt who they considered to be the apostle or prophet. But I don't see that in the word of God. You're exalted. Everyone is exalted in God. God loves every one of you equally. And so, Lord, I just release now the love of God that's within me and Miriam and Shannon. Lord, we release the love of God unto all who are listening now. Let it bring healing and strength. Let it tear down strongholds of misidentity. Lord, where you've been trying to identify in your looks and your strength and your talent and your competitiveness. How big, how many, how great. When God never sees his children, his sons like that. He identifies, identifies you with his love, with his righteousness, with his sanctification, with his provision and his health, with his victory, with his shepherding and caring for you. Mm -mm -mm. And it's such a beautiful thing. Let's look, uh, we can close uh, with... Again, very familiar scripture, but look at Psalm 23. Yes. Because that's a lot of what this has actually been talking about. The love of God. The love of God. And what he has done and his protection for all of you. Mm-mm-mm. Well... Here we go. I know it's here. Battled pages. Which I don't have to read it. I should know it. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 23. Jehovah Roe. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I see in Hebrew there, I shall not lack. I shall not be in need. Hmm. He makes me, forces me <coughs> to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, of the shadow of death, 
Death is only a shadow. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you know, you don't have enemies in heaven. This table is down in the earth. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So to be shepherded is to be free from fear, to feel safe, free from pestilences, free from hunger. A shepherd makes it possible for the sheep to lie down without disturbances and annoyances. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in his love in green pastures. He's restoring my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for all that you have been doing in our lives. Lord, I declare today that love is who I am and love is who you are. And you are called to walk in the love of God. You are anointed to walk in the love of God and you will walk in his love. Thank you, Father. Just to offer anyone who would like personal prayer, feel free to call Pastor Miriam and myself. We're always here, available for you. You can reach me at 302-559-1766, and you can email me at roncohen47, R-O-N-C-O-H-E-N-4-7, at AOL.com. Ron Cohen47 at AOL.com. And uh, my website, as Shannon said, is just roncohen.org. So thank you. We are available. We'd love to help you walk deeper and more into God's love and understand that that's who you are and that's how God sees you. He sees you through his eyes of love. He's not out to hurt you, to break you, to crush you, to diminish you. Just break, you know, just take any religious stances off of you. Live in the victory that he has for you. In Jesus' name. Well, okay, my Shannon. Praise the Lord. So our title today is uh, Love is Who You Are. Love is who you are. Yes, that's true. Excellent. Because God is. Amen. And we are created in his image. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, question for you. Are you fluent uh, speaker and reader in Hebrew? Uh, I can read and I grew up with it, but no, I am not. Do I not speak in it? No. But you could take. And in um, Israel, they have modern Hebrew, so it's oh. different, even Bible Hebrew. Could you but take our from, grandchildren do. Oh, yeah, all our kids do in Israel, for oh, sure. Oh, that's great. So you could take, for example, uh, the Torah in Hebrew, and uh, you can read it from right to left if you wanted to, let's say, um, pick up yeah. Genesis. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how it is, right to left. So and you, um, I could probably still read it. Uh, it's been a while. It's been about uh, 12 years since I've been in Israel, been around Hebrew. Um, yes, but go ahead. What's the question? So, for example, um, if you were reading the uh, book of Genesis in the Hebrew language, would mm-hmm. uh, you find it uh, any different than the King James English? Or is it oh, pretty similar? I would definitely think so. First of all, there's no punctuation. And the words, the Hebrew letters and characters all have meaning unto themselves. 
So the Hebrew language is much deeper than English or than our translations. And uh, that's why the Orthodox and the yeshivas, you know, spend their whole lives just reading just several verses and understanding because the depth of the Hebrew language. And um, that's amazing. So it's it uh, is it is we're we're getting uh, you know the surface level, if you will. Um, and I'm I'm thankful for the Bible we have. But for example, names names have meaning. Yes. So. Uh, you won't For see sure. that in the English, whereas you would in the uh, if you know the Hebrew. Is that right? That's certainly true. Yeah. And um, every name in Hebrew. And you know, we've been every Saturday we have our Torah study. We read through the Torah. That's the first five books. Um, we are already now just started Deuteronomy this past Saturday. Wow! So we're getting through it because we're coming to an end. And that's Rosh Hashanah and uh, Yom Kippur, the the whole holidays there. That's the end of the year reading. And then we begin again uh, in Simcha Torah, in uh, Simcha, the rejoicing of the Torah. How long does it... But you know, every every letter, every, every word in the Bible is anointed. So we read Psalm, we just read Psalm 24, 23... Hmm. And we say, boy, that's really anointed. Yes. But is Numbers is Numbers chapter fourteen with the generations and all the generations of the people and the tribes and you know the tribes of of uh, well you know Ephraim had thirty four thousand that were equipped for war. Is that as anointed as Psalm twenty three? Well, to the Hebrew mindset, every word, every chapter is anointed. Yes. Every verse is all the word of God that God dictated. And so they would look to understand and they would say, okay, Asher has 47,000 men equipped for war. But they would take Asher and then they would take the... uh, you know the the uh, Aleph and the Sheen and the Resh, and they would sec it out and do these three letters together, and then every Hebrew letter is a number. Aleph, Bet, Gimbal, one, two, three. So you know every Hebrew letter is a number stands for a number. So then you get into Bible numerology. Yeah. And uh, whatever your understanding is of that, whether it's you know some people think it's true or not, but but it is. I, I mean, believe it, and that's and that's what uh, the the Orthodox would study, and they'd study it their whole lives. And um, what is God really saying? And uh, Genesis one one one, the whole whole three chapter, first three chapters of Genesis, can spend a life with with the creation story that's exciting that's exciting um how long does it take you to go through your tour reading can you do it in a year oh you have to and that it's it's every year every year every year so and uh, will people worldwide be on the same tour reading schedule every synagogue in the world that you would walk into and um Every uh, well, when I put out my little uh, announcement, I think I send one to you actually. Uh, but every week on it, we'll have our Torah reading for that week. So here's the, here's the one I just put out that we read. We read this last Saturday, Devarim. We read Deuteronomy one one to Deuteronomy three twenty two, and then the Haf Torah was Isaiah one, uh, the first chapter of Isaiah. And I would encourage people to look that up in a website called Hebrew for Christians. So it makes it a little bit simpler. And then it also adds for it, and it will give you the Torah reading every week. And it will take you again from Genesis 1-1 to uh, the end of Deuteronomy. And then the uh, scroll, the Torah scroll, gets rolled up. From the from the back to the front, and then opened and begun again from right to left. That's exciting. Uh, 
I'm not on that list. Uh, how do you uh, communicate with people? Is it email and they that, can sign up for? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I send it to Omega Man. I think you're on that. I haven't um, got it, so I may have yeah. uh, need to update my uh, email with you. Uh, is it an email list I, that you send it out to? I send it out to an email list and uh, to about 60 people. How do people? And then we call in Saturday morning at uh, uh, 10.30 Eastern Time, and we read together. Everybody reads. Can so people, this is not this is not a teaching or a lecture, and that we are literally just reading the Torah together. Okay, and then we get to places you know familiar verses, and we would talk about it. Um, uh, recently, we just talked about the twelve spies and what it would mean in Hebrew. You know, when to, you know we were um, we, we were like uh, grasshoppers in their sight, and so we became in our sight. That was the ten spies, <laughs> and that, and I said, "Well, there's giants in the land. Well, there's giants in this land too. There's giants in the land, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight, and so that's what we became in our sight." How do and we're back? Well, what does that mean in Hebrew? How you see yourself? Just what we read today. How do people get on that mailing list? Is there a way they can sign up? Oh. Sure, just Ron Cohen four seven at AOL dot com. Okay, and that'll invite you to the Sunday night meeting and our Wednesday night uh, fellowship uh, mentoring class, and and then that our Torah reading. And the Torah reading is really good because everybody reads. You know, unless we have too many people on, but generally we have about eight chapters that we're going to read through, and and it also puts the New Testament verses in there. Hebrew for Christians. So this week was also Acts 9, 1 through 21, and Luke 1, 68. So these are all verses that would coincide with that Torah reading. But again, Shannon, every synagogue in the world, even if you found one in Japan, and there is one in Nagoya, Japan, you know, uh, everyone would be reading the same portion every week for centuries I mean, not just this year, last year. I mean, we're talking about not even 2,000 years. We're talking 3,000 years. Remember, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he sat in the seat, and he picked up the Torah, and he read the chapter that was for that day, which was Isaiah. It was Isaiah 54. The Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel. And that, uh, um, you know, he literally just picked up that weekly Torah portion, Parashim. That's exciting. Um, it is. Thank you for the information on that. And um, also, how can people support your ministry? Give out your contact information yeah. again. <clears throat> and again, almost everything that comes into our ministry goes right out. Uh, we're working with four little fellowships in Pakistan, Andhra Pradesh, India, uh, our two churches in Haiti we've been with since 1988. Uh, one of them, and so we feed several hundred children every month in Rwanda. We've got kids in school that we support to keep them in school. And like you say, so many of these countries that the kids need education, they have to pay for it. So that, that's mainly what we do with the finances that come in. We help these churches and groups around the country, around the world, and uh, you can do that just through my uh, email. Uh, you can PayPal at roncohen47 at AOL.com, PayPal at my email. I think you can Zell at my email. Um, we take any credit cards over the phone. Call me at 302-559-1766. And I thank you for any donations that come in. It really goes right to the kids and the churches and other countries. And don't forget Omega Man Ministries in your giving. So put that on your list. Brother Ron so, and Sister Marion, thank you for coming on today. It was a great message. And uh, Thank you for being there. Sister always. Miriam, you're, always, you're always there. Sister Miriam, would you like to close us in prayer? Father God, we are so thankful that you are the one true and living God and there is none other. 
There is none like you, and we worship you. We worship you, and we appreciate you, and we call you our Father, our Father who art is in heaven. And we thank you that there is none other that can ever, ever take your place. You are the one true and living God. Mm. I pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. Okay, Shannon, we'll God see you next you. week. See you then. And, uh, and let us know if there's anything we can pray for, or any needs that are happening amongst you and your people. Thank you very much. You and your lovely family. Amen. Thank you. And, and your ministry family. Thank you. Love y'all. We'll see you soon. Folks, stand by. We're going to get Michael Basham on. Here we go. Uh, let's see. I think we're going to bring him in on cell phone. Here we go. <laughs> 